Thanks for listening to the Fly Race and Moto 60 show. Hey, just a note, we had some technical problems. The first five to six minutes is rough. Then it's fixed for the remaining uh, 55 minutes of the show. So just FYI, apologies, but uh, hang in there or fast forward it to when Michael Lindsay gets on and it gets much better. Thanks a lot, everybody. Check, check. Mic check. This is the Fly My Moto Sit Show. Presented by Maxxis Tires, Pro Taper, and Get Data. On PulpMX.com. Taking your calls and looking ahead to the to the races with your host, Steve Mathis. Yeah, welcome everybody. Racing Moto 60 Show. Live. Bud's Creek and three rounds to go in the, in the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Chips. Sexton and Tomac. What a ride by Chase, by Chase Sexton. Jesus. You just don't do that to Eli Tomac, man. And uh, he's got the points lead now. So six, six motos in the series. We're going to talk about that. Uh, we are going to have Michael Lindsay on. So that means we might at the top get, in, get into Deegan Gate. Maybe for the last time. So just fa- just fast forward ten minutes or so uh, if you want uh, to get to get to the Bud's Creek talk. Uh, Peter Fly Racing for coming on board. Coming on board, charging into twenty twenty three with improvements to both style and performance. You saw the stuff on Monday night when JT was here and Max led, Max led by the Formula Helmet featuring Rion technology. Fly Racing has become synonymous with innovation and outside the box thinking. They have the widest product range inch in the sport, ensuring you can find exactly what you're looking for. In short. Fly Racing embodies all things motocross. Check them out at Fly Racing USA on social media. Uh, thank you to Get Get Pro Taper Vision Plum Creek Funding and Maxis 702-586-7857. Talk buds or more. And uh, thank you uh, everybody for uh, coming or uh, coming on board. Uh, with the uh, the support and everything else else on the uh, racing Moto 60 show. Thanks to Pro Taper, ProTaper.com. Great guys over there, and uh, yeah, they, they do good things. They got a new ACF bar, which is crushing it right now. Uh, Star Racing, Yamaha, Rockstar Energy, Husqvarna, Husqvarna using uh, Pro Taper, ProTaper.com uh, for more information on that. The first carbon fiber reinforced aluminum handlebar from for motocross. It is the you got the you got the carbon core system on it as well. And uh, yeah, thanks to those guys for uh, lightest one in one in one in one in handlebar in the market. All of that stuff, chains, sprockets, uh, Proper.com. And they got and they got four Benz uh, Pro Taper ACF handlebar from thirty nine ninety nine uh, Pro for more information on that on that. Uh, thank you to the guys at Pro Taper taking your your phone calls over holding things down. The tits. What's up? Is it too late to ask ask Dunn to be willing to be the two fifty rider at the MXDN? Yeah, you've been you've been on this on uh, on our group on our group text. Yeah, uh, state your case. case. I feel like he's as reliable as it gets. As it gets. Uh, lately, been beating. Uh, uh, did you say Barsha's actually? Uh, he's been beating. Uh, what's his butt? Anyway, so so I th- that he he needs her. Rede- 
He's motivated. He's fit. He's reliable. He's got a start. I mean, he's never, never outside the top five, the top seven, something like that. And I mean, are he's you, Captain America, right? Are you worried about like uh, a, a little bit and pass more across the nations? He's had some good events, and then the last ones were not his fault, as far as, as far as I'm aware. It wasn't like he was and why they lost. It was just kind of a a team effort. So no, no. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. Dunge for Nations. That's that's your that's your move. That's what start, you're saying. Start tweeting, Roger. Uh, uh, yeah. I don't. I don't know if I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that, man. I, I'm not. Sure. I'm gonna go with that one. But uh, but uh, you know, we can try. In case in case everyone's wondering why else I get to talk right now, we're having, right now we're having technical diff. So and <laughs> getting this uh, keep it going type thing this is not my strong suit so everyone you get to enjoy just a little slice of what it's like to fill in all by himself um, and we're back I believe on the Fly Race and Moto 60 show let's get uh, a Michael Lindsay on if we can and uh, and I think we're back uh, thank you for listening if you're listening live you might have given up but you will listen to the archive so what we're going to do this week on the uh, on the show we want to give away some goggles but it's always the live guys we've had a lot of uh, repeat winners as well uh, on the show so what we want to do is give away the FMF Zone Pro goggles and the uh, uh, or sorry the Fly Racing Zone Pro goggles and the FMF goggles to our archive listeners so what we're going to do is later on in this show, we're going to give a magic word of the day. Put, email us using the contact form on pulpamex.com, um, and uh, then we will uh, put, the, put the magic word in the subject line. I'll pick a couple of people on there, and I will I'll give them one of the pair of goggles, either the Fly Racing or the, or the FMF ones. And we'll, have our, we'll allow our archive listeners to uh, to listen a little bit, all right? So uh, 702-586-7857, uh, give us a call, and uh, we can talk. It was Talon's fault. Uh, there's no doubt about it, uh, Tits, right? We, we've, we've, we've decided this? I think it's conclusive, yes. Talon, yeah, yeah. it was his fault. Your, your text just made me <laughs> laugh out loud. Uh, all right, so let's get Michael Lindsay on the line if we can, please. He is on six. Oh, he is? Yes. Oh, all right. Oh, just some rattled. All right, here we go. Fly Race and Moto 60 show, FMF, Plum Creek Funding, Pro Taper, Get, Maxis, all on board with us. Let's get to our first guest here, Michael Lindsay from Vital MX. What's up, man? How are you? Okay, who's having more problems this year, your radio show or AMA's live stream? Oh, no, 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 no. This is <laughs> maybe issue two or three this year. Live timing's got more than that, you know? Uh, uh, yeah, there's... There's no doubt about it. Uh, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for calling in. Appreciate it. Like, I want to talk buds. I want to talk uh, this great title face, but we have to sort of get going with the Deegan thing. Uh, you did oh, a really I good job. We were done with this. Well, oh, no. <laughs> let's spend a little time on it. So you, uh, it's it sucks because it is overshadowing this, and you're not going to change people's minds. It's 2022, whether this is politics or gun control or whatever. There's certain people that have it in their eyes, uh, minds that this is the way it was, and the kid got screwed and all of that. I think most of us think the kid should have the bike. I think we all think that the claim just yep. should have been processed normally and the kid should have the bike. But what the kid initially said, I think, has been in question. And there's things he left out. There's things he didn't say. There's things he's changing. Uh, uh, I, I guess, Michael, good job, by the way, for everything you did on Vital MX. Uh, you actually got the dealer, a statement from the dealer. I couldn't even get a friggin' text back from the guy. So good job on that. Cur- 
Chris? Chris is, uh, I got to speak with him while he's a very private man. I, I appreciate his time, but I also under, understand his position. Why did you get to speak with him? I'm Canadian. I think that's part of the problem. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Sounds no, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I had. I don't know if somebody pre-reached out to him or if he just reads our stuff. But yeah. um, when I had spoken to him, he, he said um, he found what I do very respectful, and he would talk <sighs> to me. So we spoke I, for a little while. And you know, um, he's from the Maritimes. I probably made a maritime joke. Uh, you know, at one point or another. That's what I was saying. You probably screwed it up because you yep. are Canadian. So let's be honest. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look, and I did a YouTube video, and we had Donnie Luce on and Matt Walker mm-hmm. on, and uh, your, I was in your website. You know, honestly, I, I'm surprised at the negativity for what I think and what we did on our show on your website. Now, that's not an indication of, of everybody's feelings, but generally, Vital MX people are, they've got the pitchforks and the torches out <laughs> for me also. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think in the end of this, the kids should have the bike, and in the end, I think all parties are... Lying is too strong of a word because I don't know. Misremembering things, maybe. Uh, Misinterpreting. Misinterpreting things. Everybody. I mean everybody. Yeah, I I would agree with that. And that's when I started this whole thing, like, as I kind of – not to preface suspicion before you get into doing something like this, but I always – this many people involved, I was kind of like, okay, I don't know, no matter how much digging I do, if I'm going to find a resolution, mm-hmm. or am I just going to figure out that everybody kind of had some misgivings, and it's all been blown out of proportion or misunderstood, and that's kind of where I'm at with it. I think there's almost two, because I know people get mad because, <clears throat> read the comments, that people get frustrated when we talk about how each person interacted, because people go straight to the point, well, it doesn't matter, the kid should have a bike, and we all agree with that, and that's, I almost think, I almost think there's two there's almost two stories here. There is the story of how the rule was handed and should have gone through, and it should have. And at the end of the day, the rule is changing, which we can talk about in a second. There's actually going to be quite a bit of change mm-hmm. with it, which will be directly affected because of this. The kid claimed the bike. He was within his legal right, and he also was within his legal right with the way the rules were in to walk away from it, whether he was a minor doing it. Everything he did is within the rule, and the way he ended up finishing it is within the rule. That, that is its own issue. Then the other issue is how everybody handled it. It's almost its own thing. None of it actually has anything to do with if the rule went through or not kind of thing. Like, that's that, that's almost what I've gone to the point is I've almost separated the two. Yeah. Um, and because, yeah. yeah, so people are, so many people are focused on the rule. Yes, we can all agree. The kid did everything right and should have left with the bike. And ultimately, he didn't because of him and his his own family's choice, and it was mostly affected by his direct group around him, whether you agree or not with how it's handled. I would say that falls in the same category of do I agree or not with how the kid was also handling things. That's that's almost like its own – I almost separate the two a little yeah. bit. Yeah, well, if Bobby Reagan and Starr and or Deegan don't throw a fit when a legitimate rule claim is made and throw a fit, I would assume – I'm taking liberties there, but uh, yeah, I think they did – then none of this other stuff happens. Matt Walker, the dealer, Donnie Luce, none of this other stuff happens, right? So yeah. they tried to get a legitimate – they didn't just accept the rule. They tried to fight it. Um, yep. And then on the other side, even after Brian got into the room with the kid, he was still going to make the claim. Shows he's mm-hmm. pretty uh, pretty um, uh, steadfast in his claim and wanted the bike. And it took a couple of motors – and the dad and some pressure not 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 uh not tied up in a room not yelled at not, not some some uh, opinions and pressure from his friends to make him drop the claim 
And and I think that's what we have. I, I really wanted to, number one, and I've said this a few places, the worst, uh, uh, the most egregious thing of this was the kid's initial video saying that Yamaha threatened the dealer with support and or, or a franchise or whatever to, to, to make him res- take the claim down. To me, that's horrible. That's inexcusable. Yamaha shouldn't have done that. And I don't think they did. And the dealer said they didn't. And in, in my defense on Monday night, I want to get through these folks that Yamaha didn't threaten this kid or threaten the dealer. I'm sorry. Threaten the dealer with taking the bikes away. And so maybe, like, let's, let's back that down a little bit and not talk about, you know, you're never going to buy another Yamaha again or whatever. And I see nothing wrong with Luce, whose story's changed a little bit on when these motors came into the effect, uh, you know, in all fairness. He- his story yeah. on when the motors were offered and how that went down uh, has changed. But I still see nothing wrong with the kid's dad who told me this, texted me this, that, yep, the motors were offered and we took that. Nothing wrong yep. with that to me. And that's the dealer told me probably like when they came up to him, they were negotiating certain things. And I once again, all that, like, look, at the end of the day, I've had a few people call me and ask me, like, each group, what are your opinions? I'm like, well, there's, like, a core group of a lot of people who I think have either stretched the truth, twisted it, misremembered things. Um, I guess we back up. I feel like, you know, Brennan and his side kind of falls in that. I think Luce, Walker, Starish, Deegan kind of falls in that category. The only thing I really think that, like, AMA and, and like, Cotter did wrong, and they admit it over and over, is, like, the kid was a minor. We let Brian in room with him. We shouldn't have done that. But Burkeen also stated a million times. AMA, over, like, AMA, Burkeen. AMA, yeah, Burkeen. Yeah. yeah. The rule does not state that you have to be an adult to this. You're a competitor. He goes, the kid told me his dad wasn't around. I wasn't going to be the guy to tell the kid to go find his dad. And if, if with Loretta's lack of phone signal, if they came back 31 minutes later and missed the claim time, then tell the kid he couldn't claim. Because he goes, that would have been against the rule. The kid didn't have to be of age had the money and Burkeen's like, I wanted to see it go through because Burkeen's a big defender of this rule. So I give, I give them a lot of props, but um, then let's like say we, we moved down. I kind of did the same thing with the story. And I know people are wanting to bark at all of us. You guys are all in Yamaha's pocket. I think a huge part of the story was the fact that like a corporate entity was basically being blamed of like almost espionage in a way. Like, yes, they, they kind of work with all of us in the industry, but I really wanted to get to the bottom of, wow, did Yamaha threat, like, how gnarly did this go up the hill? Because I could see all these people involved with their own motivations kind of trying to stop it. But I was like, how did it get to that level? Because that could turn into a lawsuit. Like, that's huge. Huge. When I interviewed the kid, I asked, or I feel bad. Everybody says, kid, when I interviewed Brennan, I asked him, hey, your wording in your interview with Tyler, you kind of, like, paused after the Walker thing, and you went from saying, here's what happened, and and I said, I think, I said, you kind of switched to, I think this is what happened. Then you, the chain of command of how the Yamaha thing mm-hmm. went. So I said, is that, you know, is that how you met, you know? And they kind of leaned on being more of an assumption. And I asked him, did the dealer ever say that to you? And he admitted no. So we have the claimy, like Brennan saying, well, no, that actually yeah. never came up. He just kind of assumed it. You have Luce is like, well, no, my boss has never gotten in trouble involved. And then the dealer equivalently is like, no, that never happened. He said more of his involvement was just his own no. worry of how – it was coming across. The so, one, yes, people can give us all y'all crap. That's that's a big overarching part of the story. Me, like, okay, throw that out the window. I'm not saying that Luce, Dean, Star, Walker all come across as they're all angels in this. They all come across in different ways. Yes, what Luce did is not illegal. I do think it does come across a bit poorly. Um, but I give Donnie 
some credit for at least like admitting like, yeah, we were kind of making the Ken offer and that I was going over mm-hmm. there to sort of get in the middle of this. It's not illegal. But again, Donnie, Donnie's only look. getting in the middle of this because Deegan and Bobby Reagan are like yes. saying this can't happen. That's Donnie yeah. does not give a shit unless Brian and Starr don't don't freak out on him. Pretty much. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I, I'm kind of with you on all of that. Um, and I think everyone is misrepresenting everyone in this story. Yeah. The one thing is to back up Brennan. Now, the dealer denied this. Mm-hmm. But to back up Brennan Schofield's claim, the dealer could have said, look, man, they're going to take my bikes, the bikes away. They're going to like trying, trying to talk to his rider on getting to drop his claim. Maybe the dealer lied to Brennan and threw out some claim because the dealer has not spoken publicly outside of a statement to you. Now you did talk yeah. to him, but he hasn't, so he didn't put a statement I, out, but yeah. And this, somebody doesn't even follow. So Brennan, as far as I'm aware, at least what the dealer told me is he only spoke to Brennan's dad, Craig, and he used wording with me that was they, but very much. They just told Craig, he was extremely uncomfortable with this. And mind you, this dealer has supported Brennan for multiple years, gives him like six or seven bikes a year. Yep. He wouldn't comment any further on support. At the end of the day, he's a sponsor. I had a ton of sponsor contracts with my team. And a lot of them have a lot of verbiage of like, if you do something that's damaging, we feel like to our brand, they can drop you. And I mean, everybody's yelling at the dealer for drum, but like it's within the dealer's right. You don't just give a kid tons of bikes every year, just and let him willy nilly. Like, do you feel like it's detrimental to your brand? Um, I'm not yeah, saying yeah. it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. But at least what I talked to Mossberger on, and I haven't heard anything from Dad Craig that really has stated that he threatened his bikes would be taken away from him. I haven't found anything yet that points to anybody ever brought up that Yamaha was going to threaten the dealer. The dealer definitely said he was very uncomfortable, mm-hmm. didn't want them to go through with it. Right. Like, he had his reasons. And I think, yeah. I think the dealer and Matt Walker – you know, put heat on the kid to drop the claim, or the dad, the kid mm-hmm. and the dad, and 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 and. But at the end of the day, and then the you kid, got a little the, bit like, even though Loose wasn't threatening, you still have him there throwing, dangling a carrot over yeah, it as yeah. well. And I think so the the kid didn't back down after Deegan was very upset of him mm-hmm. in the room, and so you know that the kid's you know pretty strong willed. And yeah. at the end of the day, he decided to take some some people that he trusts, dealer, dad, perhaps dad. Uh, Walker, who he rides at for three years at facility, and and the and the incentive of the motors, and drop the claim, and then yeah. so that's fine, but then you know he makes it out like I I would have that bike, and I, so that's where I'm poor. And then of course we have this past beef with Deegan. Now that doesn't mean anything about the story of the claim is wrong from the no. kid, but I think no. it shines some light on his character. A little bit, but then people would doctor you. This is where this hard one gets because I had some people come forward that were hitting me up like, oh, I heard Brennan say the most. I'm like, where are you involved in the story? It's really easy to make little claims like that. Yeah, we had a kid call in and say that Brennan told him it wasn't his money. That's irregardless. We we can't take that. And that's that's starting to dig stories in the mud because the hard part with reporting this style story is like I have a ton of off-record stuff I can't throw in the story. There's a lot of claims from a lot of people that like, make a lot more people like everybody involved look bad in different ways but it's hard because were you there did you talk to him who is this info coming from mm-hmm. it gets to a point where it's like yeah you could throw this all in and then you're really like but we get crap on this for the oh tmz both things like now you're just taking anybody's word for it now it's getting really messy and so the it, the, the the kid is saying those social media posts are, are forged so yeah Brian told me about these social media posts on Monday afternoon, and Brian told me that this kid has history. The kid admitted to me they have history. You yeah. know, they cleaned each other out. It's just, 
and I think Deegan is a definite villain in all of this. I really do because his points mm-hmm. of why this claim shouldn't go through are ridiculous to me. I told mm-hmm. Brian that. I didn't say ridiculous, but I used the words like Brian. That doesn't matter. But yeah. count me count me as a bridge too far that Brian's going to spend time doctoring social media posts. Yeah. The the one that comes to most interest to me is as we move, I feel like out of the story because we could keep debating through each person's involvement is now what's happening because of it. Because like when I spoke to Bobby Reagan, he tried to you know extend a little bit of like, well, everybody's on forty thousand dollar bikes, and I think the rules should be raised to that. And I'm like, oh, I hope this doesn't go anywhere. So, um, Birkin, they had a they had a uh, council meeting. I think it was yesterday or the day before, and they went over how do they want to proceed with here from the rules. Um, and I believe a lot of the OEMs were involved in this. They told all the OEMs basically we're not going to raise the cap let, or that that price. Mm-hmm. It's going to stay double MSRP. It's not going up. Um, and as far as my like some representatives from Yamaha, Honda, KTM are all in. I've all been in on this conversation. Understand where they're at with it is we're not going to raise the price. Um, from now on, yes, if you're if you're underage, you have to bring your parental garden. That's going to be in the rule. That's good. Um, Yeah, that's good. Now, these next couple rules, like, these aren't for sure. They're going to go Mm. up for vote, but I'm pretty sure they're going to go through is um, once you make the claim, it is irrevocable. It cannot be pulled. Once the claim is placed, doesn't matter what anybody says or does. Doesn't matter if you come back and swear that I was drunk when I came up here and did it. Doesn't matter. Great rule. You're getting the bike. You are getting the freaking bike. Mm -hmm. Number two, it will stay anonymous until the bike is delivered, so nobody can go find the person and talk to him about it. Well, at the ranch, with the way things the spread, ranch, you'll yeah. you'll be able to well, know who thing, claimed unless, the bike. But but whatever, unless sure. Somebody gets yeah. unless somebody gets mouthy. The idea is that they aren't going to they're going to not release it from the AMNMX Sports side until the bike is to be handed over. So if it mm-hmm. the situation that the claim happens the day before the final day of racing, like it did this time, or if it happens at the beginning of the week. They, unless somebody talks on really the party side or somebody in the AMA tent talks when they're not supposed to, it shouldn't. It well, shouldn't I just think about somebody both. wheeling a star Yamaha over to somebody's pit. Someone's <laughs> going to see this thing and be like, well, that, I, there's I the think, claimer. I think you know? the way, and I could get this wrong. I think when they, at the end of the end of it, when they hand it off, they're going to let them know who it is, but they want to keep it anonymous up yeah. until the bike. What, the what, whatever. The bike I think that's off. fine. I don't know if it's, been, but it's, it's, it's in spirit. Once, that's the way it should go. And here's the thing is once the bike's handed off, it's up to that party, whatever they're going to do. They can sell it back to the OEM. They can make a deal, whatever. That's outside of the AMA's hands. But the idea now is that basically nobody can go back on it so people can't be threatened or yeah. have their mind yep. changed in that way. Yep. Um, so I think that's all good. It's, you know, they're definitely laying pressure um, from one OEM rep. I know that they brought a bike this year that probably had some stuff they were nervous about. Um, they're not going to do it any. I, I think it's actually going to have a very positive change on your key couple OEMs. I know I think Team Green's always been very comfortable with the bikes they bring. They're expensive, but Yeah, but they're, they're fine with it. Yep. You can buy through PC, the one that, that Aiden and Chris tested that's nearly forty grand. Um I think the the whole KTM Austrian group's always been pretty comfortable with what they brought. Honda got a little weird with Hymas' stuff and they're the ones one of the ones I know that's kinda like, okay, we're we're not gonna go this route anymore. Um Ultimately, it'll be interesting to see how Star plays with the rule. If they go by what Bobby said and just try to grind stuff off and come with it, I think ultimately, if they run an amateur next year, um, that I, I think they tone down the equipment. Oh, they 100%. 100%. Yeah, they have to do um, that. But so I, I, I like all those rules. That's good. Yeah, good job. I think it's, it's, a, again, it's a good it, we'll, it's still It's like in the, the process of going through, so we'll make sure it all all those key parts will go through. But um, I think it's all positive. It sucks the situation like this has to cause it. But also um, I do I do generally like the direction of the outcome of, of this whole thing. 
um, you know, in the sense of what hopefully it'll do for amateur racing. Don't get me wrong, the best kids with the best sport will still have great stuff. And like we saw with Deegan, they swapped to the same motors that Barry and those guys are winning. He still won by 20 seconds. It's not going to change out of this. You know, it'll just help these teams just not be ridiculous and mm-hmm. take away a little bit of the question marks of, of what some of these kids are running, I guess. Yep, yep, absolutely. Um, and wouldn't it be funny if Schofield claimed a bike next year? Oh, God, that'd be that'd be. Great. I'm wondering how many happen. We'll see. Yeah. Especially change rules, see if, yep. it, if it helps clear, if more guys go for it or not. Um, yep. But, yeah, I'm sure, you know, it'll, it'll quiet off in the next week or two. And then about a week before Loretta's next year, Everybody will be talking about it again, probably. Yeah, no, absolutely. All right, let's uh, let's move on. Fly Race and Moto 60 Show. Thank you to the folks at Maxis, Alex Ray, Kay Clayson, putting Maxis tires in main events this year in Supercross. Of course, the SGB Maxis Honda team is out there right now. Jace Kessler uh, and a few other guys on the team. Um, uh, Bryson Gardner's on there now still, right? Yeah, I think so. Bryson uh, is, Kessler, and then uh, who they have turn pro? Some kid from Brazil road from oh, last really? weekend or something oh, okay. like that, I thought. Uh, so Max's tires, MXSTs, uh, developed by McGrath, and uh, light truck tires, trailer tires, mountain bike tires. Really, really good selection of, uh, of stuff there. And uh, check it out, Maxxis.com uh, for more. All right, amazing ride from Sexton and Unadilla. Just amazing to catch and pass Eli Tomac in both motos and win. He's one point up, got the red plate. Six motos to go. I will never, you know, a champion like Tomac with all the wins he's got, I'm never, ever going to sit here and be like, he broke them and that's it and everything else. But, dude, you want to talk about a confidence uh, a boost for three motos in a row, and we know how mental this sport is with these riders. Uh, Sexton could just win out here. I, I, I really think so. I'm on the fence. I think you guys have been talked about on the show. I mean, I really feel like not, you know, we have three races left, but a part of me just really feels like this weekend buds could be the decider because, you know, I, I think Chase has been better on hard pack rounds. So I look at the finale round and how good he was there at Paul in the year. Like I would lean, you know, a part of me would naturally lean. Okay. I kind of feel like Sexton's a for sure mm-hmm. at the final round. I kind of feel like Iron Man leans a little more towards an Eli. Um, you know, I could see I could see easily Chase going one one at the finale, and I could see Eli going one one at Iron Man. So okay. I, I yep. kind of feel like Buds is my up in the air one. I, I really feel like this weekend could be the decider. Now I say that, like I said, the next two rounds aren't perfectly decided, but that's just kind of how I feel looking at each guy, their strengths, and what they've you know what they've kind of been doing this year is like. And I, I really feel like this weekend could be the the decider in it, yeah, Chase is coming in with the momentum, so this this is going to be really fun to watch. Yeah, it, uh, it, it'll be interesting. Uh, can any, like, look, uh, a bike could break or they could have a horrific mm-hmm. crash, but how do they not just go three points, three points the rest of the way? Is there anybody who can actually race with these two dudes for six motos, like in, in these six motos? How, how is that? Who can do it? And, and can anybody do it, Michael? I kind of feel like I feel, you know, it's so funny, like a Dylan guys are capable, but it's just that typical thing that happens this late in the season when these two guys are just they've they have found that extra gear. Um, you know, somebody could join them next year, but I, I feel like they're too far gone at this point. Yes, both of them could go down off the start or something weird and somebody could get in the middle of it, but I think if they both get decent starts, you know, top ten to top five ish each, I just mm-hmm. don't know if anybody really interferes with these two. Yeah, so we're looking at a three point swing each way, you know, for the remaining mm-hmm. of the motos. So I, I you know. mean I not not to say I don't want to see anybody else do good, but I would love to watch these two just 
fight it out to the end. Eli getting ready to ride off in the sunset when mm-hmm. it comes outdoors. You know, especially a lot of the guys we think that race Eli, they're all been in a long time chases, you know, a generation different than them. I know he really, I asked him his, not a main way, but I said, oh, it's going to make you feel good. Like, regardless if Eli's out next year, like, you're doing so good, you'll be the guy. And he was like, I don't care. I still want to beat him before he leaves. Like, yeah, and you can never you can never just be like, oh, Sexton dominated at 22, then 23 should be his. Nah, too much yeah. stuff changes. You know, you can't. And I, you, you and can't I feel that. like if you're, if you're Chase, I mean, anybody in class, like, wouldn't you love to be Eli in his final season outdoors? Oh, yeah. Clearly yeah. he is, Eli's a beast right now still, so, like, wouldn't you love to be that guy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Because if Chase yeah. does it, that's huge going into the next year. Like, if you do that, if you dethrone Eli this year, you're Chase. Like I said, it's not that next year's a given, but you go into next year, like, yeah, unless I screw up, you, you would feel like it's in your hands. Right. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, look, um, uh, they're going to name the Motocross the Nations team this, this Saturday. I think it'll be four guys, right, from what you know? Oh, about them naming both of them. and Right. Craig and Cooper. Um, yeah, so you also heard about Cooper this week, right, though? What's up? Uh, I was told by someone on the team that he has COVID. Um, tested oh. positive, I think, Monday, and he's pretty sick. Oh, right. boy. Yeah, I've not, I've not heard that. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, that, came, that came straight from Bobby when I interviewed right. him. Right. Well, it's Thursday. Saturday, he, you know, he okay. should be all right. By, but they just he was pretty sick. Bobby just kind of threw out there, like, we're not sure if he's, he's going or not. Right, right. Well, we'll see what happens there. Um, Mr. Tiss Legendary over there, the man who works the phones, 702-586-PULP, by the way, if you want to give us a call. He thinks there was a case for Dungy on a 250F. I think he's crazy. I saw a few people go there, man, and uh, don't Choose get me your wrong. next words carefully. I, Choose them carefully. I am, I am such a Ryan Dungy fan. <laughs> I love having him back this year. I swear I want to see him on the podium so bad. I, I believe, man, but his riding style right now – Throwing him on a two fit. Oh, you can't convince me. You can't. Okay. I, I'm sorry, yeah. and I am a huge Dungy fan. But uh, there is. I remember reading that, and I just like not in a bad way. Like I scoffed it, but I was like, I I can't be convinced of this. I'm sorry. Are you uh, are you uh, Christian Craig or, or Justin Cooper? What do you think? Oh, I've had such a hard one. I I I, I lean Jay Coop a little bit. Um, I just have the the worrying fear that look. Don't get me wrong. Craig's an amazing outdoor guy. He's always been a pretty amazing 450 outdoor guy he's gone better of course he's never been particularly a great 250 outdoor guy um I, yeah i on one end i worry about jacob coming through the pack but i also want a guy that can get a start on a 250 and jacob can pull that off uh it, it's close but i i, I lean ever mm-hmm. so slightly to the jacob this way i don't mean to sound it as such a waffle but no, I, no. i'm uh, the I'm, I'm like on the needle in the center i'm like one percent jacob if, if you had to right. give me the choice i would go there but i could understand why it's a hard decision yeah absolutely uh i want to talk about fmf uh fmf racing born from a desire to outperform and go faster they now offer a full range of performance goggles goggle accessories and sunglasses welcome to the power of sight Give him a follow on Instagram, at FMF Vision. Dean Wilson is back running FMF Goggles. Zach Osborne's FMF Goggle guy. they got a privateer power program as well where they pay cash for privateers for running uh, FMF Goggles. So please check out FMF Vision when you can. Uh, upgrade your goggle also with the power of FMF Vision. Um, what's Mookie's ceiling, Michael? Like, he's back. That's awesome. He did okay at Unadilla. I mean, it's eight years, so, like, whatever. I'm cutting the guy a massive break for sure. What's his ceiling, though? Like, can he – I don't think he can break top five. Uh, but what do you think? Mm, seven, eighth. Okay, yeah. 
I think that's the soon. I think I don't mean that's the I think you have a lot of guys that are cooking along pretty good right now. He's been out for so long, coming this late into the season. If in the next three rounds he could find himself solidly around a seventh eighth, I, I really, yeah, I know he would probably want more than that. But I think mm-hmm. that's you know I think that's still a really right good result for him and a good build for him to learn. I, a big thing for him is he just needs to get a couple solid rounds and learn the bike. Like it'll help him a ton next year. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of those bikes, can, uh, can we talk about one thing real quick? Sure. How mind blown I was on Plessinger uh, running the production yeah. AR 48 air fork this weekend. Yeah. And doing pretty well with it. Right. I, uh, I thought they had just dropped him down to a 48 cause you can do the, the cone valve cartridge. Yeah. Um, they have yep. a kit where it goes into the production tubes. Yep. I thought that's what it was, and I got correct on. I was uh, pretty mindful because well, I've heard that Webb. I've heard from another source that Webb want, has been wanting to do the same thing, and I noticed Webb's riding one on that three fifty. Yeah, Webb's got him on this right outdoor now. stuff, on this on this yeah. on this enduro stuff. He's been running that. Um, yeah, yeah, it's interesting for sure. Uh, I'm with you. Um, nobody really thinks that's a great fork, uh, but it's working and it's something different. And they are struggling with that bike, so why not try some stuff now? Aaron Plessinger self-admits worst test rider in the world. And I've talked to two people who worked with him. They admit that. They admit worst test rider they've ever worked with. Uh, one was a chassis guy. One was like a mechanic. And they've told me this. But, hey, the results are results. And AP ran well in that second moto. So let him try the, you know, the 48. Um, yeah, it's, it's yeah. You know what? And you know this, Michael. The, um, the mood is not great when it comes to these new KTMs. It's not great. Nah. When you talk to the Rockstar Husky guys, you know, you know Webb, you know AP's now putting these forks on, right? Yeah, yeah. They're they're definitely chasing a little, and then Europe, them running on the 250. I feel like on the 250s, it's not as with any 250. They, they handle decent. So, like, on the 250s, it's a lot of engine complaints. I mean, don't get me wrong, chassis in there, too. But then definitely 450s, it, it feels like those guys are just kind of chasing around constantly still mm-hmm. trying to find something. Yeah. Uh, uh, where do we think Caroli is on his on his return for the next? He's just doing the next two. There's no way he's doing Paula, I don't think he's right? doing Paula, I, but so, then somebody told he me was, he's just doing Bud's Creek, and I have yet to confirm that. So, um, yeah, I did think that um, – I do think he was doing the next next two, but I, I don't know. Somebody else said he's just doing Bud's, which seems weird to come all the way over and just do one. Um, I bet you he does Iron Man and – or I bet yeah. he does Bud's and yeah, Iron Man. I, yeah. I think that's what he does. Uh, let's get some phone calls here. I think. Oh, by the way, I think he's right back to where he was before. Uh, maybe a podium, probably five, four, five, six, seven. You know, somewhere around there. I, yeah. I, I don't see any different. Let's get us some phone calls. Justin's on three. Justin, what's going on, man? What's your question for Michael Lindsay? Hey, um, I had a question. So, I know Jet is doing motocross next year. Do you think he would just do the whole Super Motocross Series since it's one combined thing with the playoff? You think he would just go for that? Or you think he'd want to stay in 250 and defend? No, I think he's going to do 250 Supercross unless Kenny's deal goes completely sideways and they're they're ready for Jet to jump so up. Then he wouldn't. Oh, sorry. He wouldn't. He wouldn't be eligible for the playoff. Then he the could be still just off his um, because it will. Well, we'll no, see the, in October the, uh, when they announce the point spread. But if he scores enough points in 450 outdoors. And there's more motos to score versus look, look, the Supercross. There, he could make it in. I think there's going to be two classes for the Supermotocross yeah. series. So J- Jetson can jump on a, a 250 if he needs to because it's going to be combined points. But let me just tell you this, Justin. There is no way 
Jet Lawrence doesn't qualify for these three races. Like, there will be a provision for, like, past champions, uh, past race winners, uh, guys whose first name are Jet. You know, like, well, like they will I make sure he races these races. The, the simple one they'll probably do is let's, let's play it off the NASCAR playbook. I'm sure wins in season will likely have something to do with right. it. If, if we you play the NASCAR race, play, but yeah. yeah, usually that's how the NASCAR. And if it gets down to too many guys win, then if you have only like one win, you get bumped out or something. But like, right. it, it'll probably, I, I imagine you'll get close to that. Um, zero, zero chance Jet Lawrence does not qualify for this unless he is injured yeah, you all, have all to year have long. The biggest and then in I, yeah. if, if the Kenny deal doesn't go through, because I, I actually brought this up to some of their – I think they're very comfortable with running 450 Supercross with only Chase next year. Have Jet, and I've heard they want Jet to defend. I, I heard Jet's going to defend his number one on the coast. One, I thought he would maybe revert coast right, for experience, right. um, um, but I, I don't because I don't think Chance is ready. They're not in a position where they want to move Chance up. I, I think if if Kenny doesn't go through, I would bank on Chase on a 450 by himself. Lawrence is each on a coast, and then, yeah, Jet. Do I, that's do, do that's I, what I'm banking on. Do I hear the number 10's music being played? Do no. I hear it? Okay. No. All right. I, okay. All right. He's uh, about to go race the world stuff and Aussie, and he's got to do world again next year. <laughs> I don't think he wants – I don't foresee him doing U.S. as well. Uh, thanks for the call, Justin. Appreciate it. Thank you, man. All right. Thank you. Uh, let's keep going. Gage is on one. Gage, what's up, man? Gage. Hey, what's up? What's your question? Um, yeah, I wanted to uh, call in and pick y'all's brain on the fill-in for Romano this weekend, the Spanish rider. I Ian know nothing. Ferris. Nothing. I, I, I've, I've never heard I, of this I gentleman. Text, I had to text Lewis Phillips. I've seen the name, but I knew nothing about it. So I had to text Lewis. Lewis claims it has nothing to do with Romano being hurt, and they are in sort of plan this is what uh, I got from Lewis. Um, so he – he might get a ride there? Like, this is a tryout or something, Michael? Um, Dad, I got no take. Lewis was also about as puzzled. I was oh, okay. just like, what right. is this? And okay. he's like, I am equally shocked. He was supposed to be announcing an MX2 contract in France this weekend. Right. Uh, the only thing we agreed on is if he if he's an 18 on fantasy, he's a lock. <laughs> okay. All right. Sounds good. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks, Gage. Thanks for the call, man. Uh, appreciate it. He's a Spanish dude, and that's about all I got. Um, uh, Lewis, Lewis said quick, he's done two MX. I think he said he's done two MX2 outings this year. He's been top 10 in the motos. And then his last EMX 250 race, he got a second in a moto at Lomo, and then he weeded himself out of the next one. Okay. David, what's up, man? What's your question? Hey, guys. How are we doing today? Good. How are you? Good, good. <laughs> so, um, well, first off, if Yamaha didn't bring the full factory motor there, we wouldn't be having this conversation. But anyways, that's aside from that. Um, so you, you know, I heard you say on Monday night's show that uh, it sounds like the Rocky Mountain deal is over before it started. Is yeah. there any insight on what happened? Yeah, uh, I don't – I no, no idea. The ins and outs of this thing is, is, is you know, simply phenomenal. They'll maybe do an oral history on this. Um yeah, I don't, Michael. Do you know anything about why the, the decision to not pull the, pull the team? Uh, I don't know. I just don't know if Lane doesn't want to go through with it or what. I, I know there's. I, I don't know if he's. Yeah, I, I know one thing. I can't. 
bring up at all right now. So, but it's really confusing to me. I, I feel really bad for Nichols though right now to pretty much yeah. the last couple start rounds said he had a spot because they they had him. A lot of people are like thinking HP. No, he was on this. He was testing a bike. I knew somebody that flew down there was testing with him and working with him. They were for a couple weeks. That was gun ho, and now. Uh, I imagine I think, Colt is probably crawling back to HEP right about now for that offer. Yeah, I think uh, I think uh, Colt will, it would end up there is what it seems like. But HEP's got some uh, – they may switch an OEM. They've got a couple people yeah. interested in that. So, yeah. I've heard I heard a couple of the same as me. Did you hear green was the most likely? Green and orange, yeah. I think there might be, but, green and orange. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Uh, thanks for the call, man. Um, yeah. Speaking of yellow, I think – Think um, I think Bar X is changing bike brands as well. Okay, all right, yeah. Um, I just think Suzuki is is they don't know what they're doing. They have no idea. They're not supporting it. They, if people knew what little support Suzuki actually gives to HEP, they'd be shocked. You know, mm-hmm. so it does. It won't take much for Pipes and the crew to get a better offer from Cowie uh, or or KTM. The, the 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 thing that's three weeks ago, I was told by someone at Cowie that they are going to support a team. And then just last week, I was told that KTM wants to keep Rocky Mountain around, and they will be together. Rocky Mountain and KTM will go to HEP. But HEP has twisted and progressive. They seem like so they got to find room. I mean, any team will find so room. So is this going to turn into JJR a couple of years ago where there's like five title sponsors on Yeah, bike. yeah, maybe. Maybe, right? Uh, all right, let's get to uh, – let's go to Anthony on four. Anthony, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, pretty good. Um, well, I was going to ask about a whoop competition, but real quick before I ask that, um, do you have any idea why the your discount code wouldn't work for the new the the Taser DVO Expert? Uh, it should online. Did you go to Intense? Yeah, so like they work on like a lot of the bikes, but yeah. on, that, on the DVO huh. Expert one, I, I was looking at that, but it doesn't. It says it's you, not valid on that one. I, I didn't know if you had an idea. I don't have any idea. I, was, I understood it worked for everything, but the Taser MX, which is only available through. Uh, parts unlimited dealers, moto dealers. Um, yeah. Can you send me an email? Um, yeah, and uh, and I will pass it on, and we'll figure it out. So, uh, okay. use, use the contact yeah. form on pulpamex.com. Sweet. Okay. And then, um, who do you guys got winning a whoop competition? Uh, Pete Pastrana, Mookie, or Craig? Uh, uh, I will go Mookie a few years ago. Like, yeah. like like Mookie on the MCR bike. Yeah. yeah. I think he was better. I watched, <laughs> yeah, he was. I think back to what we were talking about the Chaz thing, I think he's been a little worse on the Austrian bike because the one that blew my mind this year was, um, was it A2 that had that really nasty set going from first uh, first base to second base at, a, at Anaheim? Was it yeah. A2 this year? Yeah. Craig, I saw it. Craig went faster through that whoop section on 250F than anybody did in the 450 session right after them. Yeah, it was. Uh, but honestly, I mean, um, Anthony, you know, like there's only so fast you can go through whoops, right? Before you got to hit everyone right. or whatever. It's, uh, so um, I'd say peak you know. JS seven, just skipping three at a time. Yeah, yeah, you can get away with skipping them, but it's pretty sketchy. JS did do it. Um, all right, thanks for the call, man. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. And send me that email. We'll look into that. Last question from Michael Lindsay here from uh, Barry uh, on one. What's up, Barry? Hey, obviously this is a fantasy question and it's involving jerry robin don't do it don't do it i fell for it last week don't do it he's paid off once but obviously he's broke my heart many times times. i just want to 
Uh, so I went and researched the amount of DNFs he has is close to 60. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Does, well, first question, do you think he has the most DNFs out of any rider ever? It might be. <laughs> I, th- oh. I mean, I never, I never did any research on this, but we need three laps down. Um, hey, hey, I would say head up Clint and see if he's got Yeah, uh, 60 DNFs, you said? Close to it, yeah. Close to Clinton, it? Yeah. I would love to have Clinton check my work on that, but it's pretty much 50% of his races. He's, he's only he's paid off in fantasy at Millville, his home track, I believe, Correct. right? That's it. Correct. Right. So he got me at uh, wherever. Uh, maybe it was. He got me a Dilla. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Michael Lindsay is the Jerry Robin whisperer. So Michael, do you do you go with him again? No, and Jerry's my really good friend, and I still say no. Yeah, no, I don't think think you can do it, Barry. That's the second question. Do you know what the hell is his problem? (laughs) Like I'm more just trying to. Dude, you should hear me in cars if he'll give us some shit. I don't know. If Jerry, if Jerry falls once, that's it. It doesn't even matter if he's hurt. He's just that's it. Jerry cannot fall, uh, or, or or twist an ankle or anything. Everything has to be perfect for Jerry to finish a race. And if it, <sighs> right, Michael, would you agree? If there's any sort of adversity, twist ankle, fall, anything, he's pulling it in. I I agree, but in worse, I've been around him enough. I'm amazed at what he can hurt falling down at five miles an hour. Sometimes, like he actually injures some pretty weird stuff. Uh, but yeah, especially his shoulders aren't very good right now. I I can't do it. I I use my buddy. I picked him. It burned me. I'm good. I picked him at Millville and got the points. I'm not doing it again the rest of the season. Right. All right, Barry. Thanks for the call, man. Right. There you go. Thank no you. problem. Thank you. Uh, appreciate it. Michael, thank you I for am, coming on. I am picking the Spanish kid, though. Um, well, unless you guys give him like a three handicap or something. I'm not in charge of the handicap selection, but the gentleman here. JT, what's up? What's up? What's the handicap for this dude? Uh, I don't know. I'd, I'd never heard of him before. <laughs> okay. So, uh, <laughs> okay, thank God. We're not the only one. The guy goes to yeah, the GPs yeah. every week. He's never heard of the guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's, it's going to be something like, 12 to 14, I'm guessing, but I, okay. I, don't, I can't yeah. confirm that. But 12 to 14, Michael, you still picking it? Um, I'll go if, – if, if it's like around 10 or 12, I'm going to judge it off practice maybe a little bit. But if you, you've got me closer to a 14 or a 6 or so, I, I can't imagine myself not going for it. Okay. All right. Perfect, man. Um, well, look at the dude from uh, – was he – where is he from? Lift. Spain, Spain, I think. No, no, no. The dude from uh, Unadilla, Jorgen. Estonia. That was uh, Estonia. That's a, he got hundred points, didn't he? Something. He come close. 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 Yeah. yeah. Close. So you know, yeah. No one's heard of that dude before. So um, he actually and, raced a few nationals, though. Okay. Did not know that either. <laughs> um, all right, Michael. Thanks for calling in, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, before Bye. you clip me, I got I yeah. got one for both of you, yeah. and I'll, I'll share my. What is not not necessarily it could, you think it's got a heavy chance of coming true, but what is the weirdest silly season item you've heard this off season, or I mean not this off season, going in off season? What's the weirdest um, silly season you've heard lately? Ken Roxon to Twisted T Suzuki. <laughs> yeah, some with Roxon, right? Roxon was starting his own team on a KTM. Okay, yeah. I, I heard a weird one yesterday. yesterday. Uh, Cole Seeley, Supercross only, star 250. That's not that weird. I, I, see, I could see I Cole racing 250 Supercross, but for MCR. 
you know. Uh, so he doesn't have, as far as I'm aware, they didn't contract him for that yet. So. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I think they're going to watch and see how he goes, but I could see that happening, right? And and, and by the way, too, this whole Deegan Gate thing, and I'm, I'm JT and I are going to dive right into it. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm sorry, JT. I'm, I'm, I'm joking, JT. Um, Tony Alessi has a fart to, a part to play in this Deegan Gate. That's all I'm going to say. That's that's all I'm going to say. He. he the amateur scene, they were back at Loretta's. <laughs> Alessi was back, and there was a part to play in Tony in all of this. No comment. No, you know I'm right. You know I'm right. I know you're right, but I'm still saying no comment. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Michael. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Jason Thomas on the line from Fly Racing. 2023 is out at Fly Racing USA on social media. The riders will be in it uh, as well. Check them out. Uh, thank you to those guys. Thank you to Plum Creek Funding as well. If you're looking to purchase a home in 2022, first-time buyer or investor, Plum Creek Funding has programs to suit your needs. You already own a home. Looking to pull cash out or lower the rate. Zach, Z-A-C-H at PlumCreekFunding.com. They can do stuff in 12 states now. JT and I have you, Zach, for uh, some real estate transactions. Uh, PlumCreekFunding.com. Reach out to Zach. And, uh, and help out. So, uh, all right, JT, uh, Bud's Creek, your favorite track, your favorite, your career best outdoor finish as well. You love Bud's Creek. It's pretty great. Yeah, it's pretty great. Um, <laughs> it's, you know, it's, I think if you ask a lot of people from Florida, they would echo that sentiment because it's so similar to the tracks that we practice on every day. Um, just like red clay, but not like super hard. Like there's traction to it. They get some berms in it. Um, and honestly, like every time I raced there or went out on the racetrack, I just felt like it was another practice day. So that, that helps a lot when it comes down to uh, feeling comfortable on Saturdays. Uh, and so that was more for you. It wasn't layout. It wasn't uh, hills. It was dirt. Yeah, it was definitely the dirt. Um, if, it, if anything, the, uh, the layout made it difficult because there's a lot of off cambers. And uh, my technique was not ideal. So the layout wasn't really that great for me it was more just traction and you know i think you can uh i think riders can trust the dirt like if you know what the dirt's going to do and what it's going to give you and where the breaking point is on a certain type of soil you can be really aggressive and uh i think just your confidence goes up and you can trust it and things like that so that's how i always felt um i just kind of knew exactly where the the limit was for traction um i asked michael Lindsay this what's the ceiling for mookie we know he's super talented. We know he's awesome. What's the ceiling for Mookie Outdoors? Like, I don't think he can get top five. Um, what do you think? From what I saw last week, he's got some work to do. Um, he really wasn't um, he wasn't that competitive when, you, when you're talking about you guys he was racing against in Supercross. They, they were significantly better. I mean, even guys like March Banks and those guys kind of rode past him and left him. Mm -hmm. So... Um, I think, you know, goal one should just be to try to get near the top 10. You know, if you can see those guys, the top 10, like the guys that are always at the back end of it, um, which is getting tougher, right? We're getting more riders later in the season than less. So that's kind of weird. Um, but yeah, just baby steps, right? And, and this track should be really good for him. I, we've seen him run around, you know, podium position at this race before on a 450, like years ago, obviously. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, you know, if you ever watch videos of, Stewart compound, the dirt is like exactly the same as this. Yeah. So I think he'll feel confident and comfortable, but that's only going to go so far if you're, you know, if you're not really prepared yet. Right. Right. Yeah. It'd uh, be interesting to see. Now you're on the record. You're on the show on Monday. 
This is big for Tomac. You think you're we're, you think we're going to see the best Tomac we're going to see now. Maybe Sexton still beats him, but Tomac's going to rebound here. In your opinion, I think he has to. Uh, if he goes out and, and loses again, not only are you losing more points, not only are you cementing the sentiment that Chase is building, but it just you only have two races left after that, and one of those is Chase's best track. So you're almost at that point going into, okay, it's anybody's championship. You change into, I, I'm going to need some help from Sexton if I want to win this thing. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's, um, no, I don't think it's any sort of panic. I just think the urgency level is there, right? I think you're going to get the most focused, locked-in Tomac um, that we've seen for a while because it's, it's hard to argue that, you know, it's hard to argue that you're, he's going to be more locked in when they, than when he won nine motos in a row. But I think he was just kind of on a roll, and I don't think he was feeling any pressure. I think he's going to be really, really focused. And, and everybody's a little different. Some guys, when they get pressure and, and it's, you really have to focus, they kind of wilt, and other guys rise to the occasion. The way Tomac's been this year, as confident as he's been on that Yamaha, I think he'll rise to the occasion. That doesn't mean he'll be champ, but I think you're going to see him respond to last week uh, pretty strongly this weekend. We may have some rain this weekend. Weather guy? Yeah, it's like 40%, okay. something like that. All right. Yeah. Uh, but it's, I mean, it's as you go south in the summer, it's almost 40 to 50% every day. Um, so let's hope we don't get it because we've gotten some nasty rain here in the past. You remember the, the oh, races where yeah. tough blocks or hay bales are floating down this racetrack? 99, 99 too yeah. was bad. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that race sucked. Um, so let's, let's hope we avoid it. But even if we do, let's just hope it's a passing shower or whatever. I, I don't think it's any big storm, yeah. which is really what you worry about. Um, so if we just get a passing thunderstorm, no big deal. At uh, Jason Thomas on the Fly Racing uh, Moto 60 show, flyracing.com. Get it at Motorsport. Get it at your local dealer. Word of the day to win either a Fly Racing Zone Pro goggle or the NFMF goggle. Thanks to those companies for stepping up and giving some prizes for this show. Uh, this is for our archive listeners. Use the contact form on pulpamex.com to email us. The word of the day to have a chance at winning one of these two pairs of goggles is mushroom. Put mushroom in the subject line, and maybe I'll pick you to win one of these two pairs of goggles. Uh, so thanks to those folks. Thanks to Get as well, two-stroke and four-stroke ECUs. Get, get. And uh, Antonio Caroli is back using Get products, of course. Uh, JT, do we know if he's doing Iron Man 2, or is this just butts? I, I heard two, and then I heard one. And Do we know? I, I mean, I, I haven't heard anything other than he's racing this weekend. Okay. Um, it's, a, it's a long way to come to just do one race. So uh, I hope he's staying for two. I, I would hope he'd stay for all three, but I don't blame him for not wanting to race Fox Raceway. I have no interest in riding there myself. So um, I think he got a taste of that at the opener. He's like, no, nah, I'm good. I'll, I'll yeah. pass. Yeah. Do you, do, so, you see uh, any, hope he do you see any uh, change in his performance? Like I kind of see four, five, six, maybe a podium. Yeah, I think that's yeah. fair. Um, I, I know just in talking with him off camera, he was really frustrated with himself and the bike when he was here last time. So I think this gave him a time to reset, kind of figure out what and where he was weak and lacking. And that doesn't mean he's going to make some gigantic step forward, but on a track that I think will work for him, like it's not some really awkward track. Like to me, Fox Race was difficult because those guys practiced on it all the time. And it's also just really hard to ride. Overall, like if you haven't spent a ton of time on that track, it's going to feel really foreign to you. Mm-hmm. Where Bud's Creek, he's raced on it before. It's kind of forgiving. Like I think there, it's going to be much easier for him to adapt to. And uh, yeah, I think 
he's going to, you know, I think he'll use that scoop tire on the start. I think he'll get a good start. And then this track, once you get a good start, is not that difficult to kind of maintain. So yeah. I expect top fives, you know, if he's the one that grabs the podium, because let's be honest, there's a podium up for grabs every week right now, that third spot. It wouldn't shock me to see him grab it. I think his work's cut out for him, but it wouldn't shock me. Yeah, yeah, could be Mosman's back, Michael Mosman's back. Can he get into the uh, Schmoda-Lawrence brothers battle? I think he can. I think he can, but I also think he could crash and go DNF-DNF. <laughs> so I, I, you never really know what you're getting with Mosman. Um, it could be awesome or it could be a debacle. And that was – I go back to the interview I gave with him at, uh, at Hangtown where I said, man, like five overalls. A guy laughed, you know, and he, he got all defensive. But this is why. Like, it's really hard to win a race, let alone five. Like, this is all these reasons. You know, the crashing, the bike issues. The, like, the, it's, it's outdoor motocross, and you're going up against Jet Lawrence, who's won most of the races. Like, it's, it's not an easy task. So, um, if he came out and won this weekend, I would be like, yeah, okay. Like, he's been capable of winning all season. It's just really difficult to do that more than a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, you, 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 got, a, you got a good point there. Um, James Stewart in the booth. He made the conference call. The odds were uh, were three to one that he wasn't going to make the, the the conference call. <laughs> he did. Uh, he's doing the Friday Night Monsters show. He's in the booth with Weech. Uh, how was the call with him the other day? How do you think he's going to do? If you listen to his podcast, I, I know you haven't, but I, I have uh, a few times. Um, he's good. He's really good. He's 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 outgoing. He's he's into it. He's uh you know he's got some strong opinions that I don't agree with, but that's fine. Uh, I think he's going to be really good. What's your early impressions? Yeah, I was impressed. Um, he was really good on the call. He he talked quite a bit. Uh, I would say he talked more than anybody probably on the call. Um, but he's also trying to establish himself and get comfortable too. So uh, I don't have any doubt he's going to have a ton of insight, and I hope he just speaks freely you know i hope he doesn't uh, get nervous in the moment or do anything like that um i, I think the one thing that he's going to find is like after doing the production meeting friday the monster show friday night and then saturday's a it's i don't know a 10 hour day something like that you're just smoked at the end of it um you know we do all morning you have the practice show then four hours live then yeah. we do the uh inside pro motocross show as soon as the race ends you're so spent and so done. And especially if it's your first time doing the TV thing, like you're yeah. going to be nervous and all that's going to be heightened anyway. I think he's just going to be like, wow, I am ready to be done at the end of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. It's a lot. You're right. And, and yeah, Stu's going to, I mean, he doesn't, he's not doing this for the money. You know what I mean? Like, he's no, just, no. Yeah, I, yeah. And I don't think this is like a, I don't think he's trying to, you know, audition for a full-time gig or anything like that. So at the end, most guys that I know of are just like, yeah, I'm good. Like, get me out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think it's good. It's really cool he's doing it, though. He's into it. Yeah, the conference it call, he, yeah, right? So It's, it's going to be great. Um, I think it's the perfect racetrack for him. You think about the memories, like the 03 comeback ride, the scrub was invented there. Like, there's so much history that involves James Stewart at this race. Um, and for him, you know, for this 50-year anniversary with all the legends of motocross doing announcing and also coinciding with him coming out of his shell kind of in the same year, yeah, it's perfect. Like, you couldn't ask for a better setup going into this. Yeah, no, uh, I think you're right on that. Before I let you go here on the show, uh, JT, um, now, Supercross is more important than the motocross, right? You, you, you're, yeah. you're on me with that, and, and, and yeah. you know, it's it means more. It does. And there maybe wasn't a... 
more disastrous factory rider supercross season this year than uh, Max Volan uh, as a factory Fair. rider. It's pretty tough, uh, pretty yeah. tough to beat. Yep, yep. Well, four, six, seven, five, six, six. His last six mo- races overall uh, in the 250 class. He's sixth overall, five points behind RJ. Uh, RJ's missed a race, but um, I don't know. Does this does this wipe the Supercross results uh, clean? Yeah, I think so. I, I really do. Um, you know, the, the most important thing for him, because his, his career is so young, right, it's, it's in a really pivotal spot here, and I think everybody, for a lot of guys, are they're all kind of looking at these guys going, okay, are they going to make it or not? Or are they going to get relegated to like some B-level effort, and then they can sort it out from there? Um, you know, in Supercross, I think you would have a hard time finding anybody that was like, no, he's fine. He's going to make it. Like, yeah. No big deal. Yeah. Uh, but now that's, that's the feeling, right? And I think it goes from a situation where Red Bull KTM was looking at him going, I don't know if this is going to work. You know, we may have to, we have to, may have to figure out plan B here mm-hmm. uh, to where now it's like, no, he's fine. Like he's, he's going to sort it out. He's improving. He is racing with the best guys in, in the motocross class. Like he's battling with Jet Lawrence, the entire moto. Um, you know, he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. Like he's still progressing. So I don't know what the hell he's doing in Supercross. He's going to have to figure that out because you don't, he doesn't want to be sitting in that same conversation again next February. But I love what I'm seeing this summer. No question about it. Right. All right. Last call here for JT from Sean. Sean's got a fly racing question. Go ahead, Sean. Hey, Steve and JT. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, I've been racing motocross since 1980, but I've since. Uh, moved into hair scrambles and now into dual sport and adventure riding. So, JT, my question to you is fly. Are you guys going to start trying to compete with Revit and, and climb as far as, um, you know, dual sporting and adventure riding gear? Uh, yeah, long term, I would love to. Um, it's baby steps, though, right? Like, we we need time to kind of develop products and make sure that we have the level of product to go in and compete with those brands because they are, you know, like you talk about a brand like climb, they are premium. Like they build really premium products. And, uh, but we're also very aware that that market is exploding and there's a ton of just a huge customer base for us to engage and get to know better. Um, so yes, it is, it is a really high priority, uh, for us, but at the same time, if you were with, you know, if you happen to catch the Pulp Show on Monday, you would have heard me talk about how difficult it is to get anything done right now. So we're like in this balancing act of like we want to really push hard and get aggressive to build new stuff, and then the, you know, the our partners that we work with to build this stuff are like we we literally can't. Like we're just trying to keep our head above water here. So it's it's not the easiest dynamic. Um, it's a long-winded way of saying, yes, we really want to do that, and, and we will long-term. I just wish it was quicker. All right. There you yeah, go. I, I, did, I, listened, I did listen to the Pulp Show on Monday night, and, and I did hear about all that. And uh, now I fully understand, but, you know, I, I've got to fly a uh, Formula helmet, but I had to buy a Climb Adventure helmet, you know? Yeah, understood, yeah. yeah. And, and you will see. I mean, that's it's definitely a market we're paying attention to, right? And, and Fortunately for us, our brand has really gotten big, like bigger than I ever thought we would be, uh, to be quite frank. And a lot of that was, you know, COVID uh, boom kind of helped us. But it's uh, we're getting to the point where we need to find new avenues and new customer bases to get involved with because at some point you're, you saturate the moto market and then you're still looking for growth, but it's really hard to come by, at, you know, at that point. So 
Um, we're, that's obviously a market that we that we see a ton of people in, and it's a really affluent customer base, and we, we definitely want to uh, to learn what they're looking for. All right, there you go, Sean. Thanks for the call, man. Thank you, Steve. Thank, Thank you, JT. No problem. Thank you. JT, before we let you go, you're going to have the last word on Brian Deegan Claimgate. We'll give you the last word right now, Thursday afternoon. The tape, the floor is yours. Okay. I have three words for you. Okay. I don't care. Okay. All right, everybody. There we go. <laughs> there you go. There it is. The last word has been spoken. <laughs> uh, sounds good. Uh, we will see you this weekend at uh, Bud's Creek, man. Thanks for coming on. Okay, guys. Thank yeah. you. Uh, Fly Racing Moto 60 Show. Get Pro Taper FMF Vision Maxis Plum Creek Funding. Sorry for the technical issues at the beginning of the show. I blame Tater. Yes, that's that's the conclusion we yep, came yeah, to. Yeah, we came yep. to the conclusion. Yep. It's Deegan's and Tater's fault. That That's it. Correct. Uh, all right, Tits. Well, I don't think Dunge is going to make the MXDN team, but thank you for your passionate. There's always next year. Yeah, exactly. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Super appreciate it. See you next week.